The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing. Trying this week, as we do every week, to be your information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And, of course, all the financial independence that comes with having your own real estate investing business. And it seemed to me as I was looking over the last really month or so of uh, topics here on Real Life Real Estate that we had gotten into a habit of talking a lot about quick cash strategies, about wholesaling and assigning lease options and retailing and all of those sorts of things. And There's absolutely nothing wrong with any of those strategies, particularly if you have some cash needs that need to be taken care of. You've got too much consumer debt. You're only making the minimum payments on your credit cards. You don't have any reserves. You don't have money saved up for upcoming expenses like kids' educations and your own retirement and stuff like that. But don't want any listener ever to think that... We believe here on Real Life Real Estate Investing that cash strategies are the be-all and end-all. The ultimate goal is always, always, always have passive income that exceeds your expenses. Passive income meaning literally you don't have to do too much to keep that income coming in. You know, a wholesale a deal, you get a big check. And then if you want another big check, you have to go do a whole nother deal. You have to start all over again. But with truly passive income, the checks just arrive month after month. And maybe, maybe you're managing the asset or maybe you're managing the manager of the asset, but it's not, it's not a whole dude, a whole new deal each and every time. So to help us to talk to those of you who really, really, really ought to be out there acquiring an asset for that long-term growth and yet aren't doing it. You're sitting on your hands week after week, month after month, year after year, thinking about how you really ought to go buy a rental property and you haven't pulled the trigger yet. I have with me author Stephen Van Cowenberg. Boy, I hope I didn't slaughter that. Stephen Stephen Van Cowenberg, who is an author and investor. He is the host of the Savvy Radio Show. He was raised by a single mom in a one-bedroom in New Jersey, grew up with only one dream, and that was to live in a house. And now he has more than 135 of them. So 
I think he maybe overshot the goal just a little bit. Stephen, welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Stephen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. There he is. Hello. It's so good to hear from you. (laughs) You have no idea. I'm I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited, too. Um, So let us uh, just kind of start with your story. Um, You live in the Oklahoma City market, right? Oklahoma City, yes. Okay. And uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on in that market right now and what it is that you do there and how you got started and all of those sorts of fun things. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma City has about a million people in the metro area. I don't know what it's like in Ohio, but it's extremely hot to the degree when a house is listed on the MLS that day. There's about 10 people probably crawling all over the property at full retail. Mm-hmm. It's just an intense market here right now in Oklahoma City. I don't know why. Average home is about 150000 There's all spectrums of real estate investing from $15,000 homes up to several hundred thousand dollar homes. I started in real estate back in 1999 where uh, it's a crazy story that some punk rock kids, for real kids in a punk band, were touring around the country uh, living the grand life, and they had a they they owned a duplex, and they didn't have to pay rent. And I was confused. I didn't even know what a duplex was. I grew up living in an apartment in New Jersey, and never heard the word duplex before. But they owned a duplex, and they traveled the country for free. Their tenant upstairs paid their rent, and that was the first time that I heard about real estate they handed me of course the classic rich dad poor dad now classic obviously read the book in 1999 sold everything i owned and started buying real estate sold my microwave my tv saved up two thousand dollars and i was uneducated and started doing creative financing asking for owner financed and bought a few that way and now i'm about about 160 units 2017 and going strong all right so <laughs> you're the only one you're the only uh person i've ever interviewed whose origin story involves a punk rock band <laughs> yeah i mean i was a promoter for many years i was on tour with bands and did a lot of concerts in uh, oklahoma city and it's just a different lifestyle you know everybody wants to live like a rock star but how can you you know ne- they never eat and they just and they found real estate. Their dad, they're from Ohio, I mean, Iowa, and their dad was in personal development and turned them on to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and they were 19 years old when they bought their first property in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then I was like, these little punk kids, and I think I was like 25, 27, I knew everything. I was their, I was their road manager. I, I'm everything, right? And they were way smarter than me, and um, that book you know, made me, you know, everything, freedom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. uh, We're going to talk today about some like actual hardcore steps that listeners can take to go out there and get that first rental property or, or uh, maybe they got the first one, but then, you know, the whole, I'm going to have this real estate empire thing never materialized. And we're going to, we're going to talk about some 
some things that they can do to uh, make that happen. But first, we need to take a quick break. Listeners, if you have any questions for Stephen Van Cowenberg, <laughs> I'm going to have to keep saying it like that until I until I get used to it. Uh, we do have the lines open today. If you are calling from anywhere in the United States of America, call us at 877-772-9658, 877-772-9658. Unfortunately, our website, realliferealestate.com, uh, is down at the moment. So if you have any questions that you'd like to ask by email, just email them to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today about how to buy your first rental property, even if you're not quite sure that you can buy a rental property. My guest today is Stephen Van Cowenberg. He is the savvy landlord. For those of you who spend time on social media, you've probably seen him around. And uh, we're going we're gonna to try and go like real hardcore advice about what you can do to get this process started. Now, Stephen, let's let's start with this. Why do people need to own rentals? I mean, you own 160 of them. That just really seems like serious overkill. What is it? What is it with you and <laughs> it, rentals? It, well, it it is overkill, but the numbers never never stick to the same meaning like I thought that I would have 10 units and 10 houses and my, my freedom would come, but then there's repairs and turnovers. So then I got to 25 units and then I thought I was set free. Then I went to 50 and it was comfortable and everything went well. And then I got to 80 and then, you know, I, every, there's other people that are, that have a hundred, 300, 500. And I just said, well, let's try for a hundred. And then after I got to a hundred, you know, like, okay, but the money doesn't just start flowing in. You, you're, you're perpetuating that money. I'm, the money that I make today, I, I leverage that into an apartment building, and it just becomes fun and growth. I, you know, I, I live on a budget. I, I make a specific amount of money, and then any other money that I make other than that, I just push forward to create a legacy for to give back for my children, family, for ministry, whatever. So, there, I mean, it's just a game. Now it's just fun. How far can you go? What, like you know, Jim Rohn says, you know, trees they don't stop growing; they keep growing and growing. But us as just average people, we just we think that we have to retire. And I think that the more money that you do make, the more things that you can do, the more people you can bless. I'm I'm able to be on the radio, you know, right now and help someone else and encourage them. I think if I had a nine to five job my boss would be looking over my shoulder to see if I'm on Facebook. <laughs> and money and real, money and real estate can do that, but I'm not doing it for me. Like, I'm the different type. Like, I'm not on TV trying to buy a, a Lamborghini and try to be cool. Like, it's just a great lifestyle that you can have, the freedom that real estate provides. It, the income comes in. It's an asset. It's like you can leverage against it. it you can you can will it to somebody. You have deductions, depreciation, forced depreciation. There's so many things that you can do with real estate. I'm not just limited. I can manage myself. Now, I have a whole staff that manages it. But you could, you, you, you have the sky's the limit. You could do whatever you want to do. It just depends on how hard you want to work. And, yeah, 
you're clearly very passionate about this. And you're like a lot of folks that that I run into and that our listeners run into who have been in the business long enough that you're able to see it as a game and see it as fun because you know how to do it. And it, you know, the, the scary stuff, sure. the scary stuff that probably scared you when you first got started, isn't frightening to you anymore because you've seen that even the worst mistakes are not all that bad and are not too hard to overcome with a little, you know, knowledge and, and sometimes yes, putting some money toward it. But what about, what about, that new guy, you know, what about, what about that guy who's either not really considered even being able to buy a rental before, or those folks that you meet at your RIA group that every year they rejoin and they pay their dues and they talk about how they're going to buy some rental properties, but they just never pull the trigger. Well, the, the two things that propel me is one, what's the worst thing that can happen? I lose money. I'm still alive. The second thing that always that gets me going, real estate has been around forever. Like, there's nothing you cannot do, repair, or fix. It just takes money. And so if you figure out how to raise money or how to manage money properly, there's pretty much nothing you can do. Like, am I, am I making mistakes today? Yeah, 19 years to 18 years later, yes, I bought a house wrong sewer line collapsed. I have a drain, French drain issue. It's leaking all over the house, but it just takes money. I just, I lost more than I anticipated, but it boils down to your motivation. Why are you wanting to, yeah, you know, you watch TV, people are driving around Lamborghinis, but that's, you'll never be happy. You have to have a burning desire. Why are you doing it? You know, I grew up poor and broke. They said I couldn't mount to anything you need to learn a trade. I mean, when I was in school, they're like, you're going to be nothing. You're not going to go to college, so go become a woodworker. Well, I hate wood. I hate <laughs> the smell of wood. It drives me bananas. And so I wanted to prove them wrong, but I think it boils down to, you know, you got to have some sort of – and then the third thing about real estate that's so amazing is I can call people like you and say, hey, Vina, I have a subject to situation, and I know that's a little advanced, but – you know, you've been down the road before. You know, I've done 200 transactions. There's nothing you can't solve in real estate. There's no case. There's so much case log. There's so much laws. There's so many things that can that can help you. There's not. There's nothing that can't solve. There's not like, oh man, we didn't. You know, we didn't think of that. We're not going to the moon. We're buying a, a structure, and we're renting it out. It's totally legal. And people have been paying rent since there was a structure. So if you would just dumb it down to that simplicity, like it's not that complicated, you have to figure out where to get the money, which is there's a million and one ways to do that. And I know that sounds flippant, but yeah, you can borrow it. You can work hard. You know, my simple goal back in 1999 was I DJed at weddings and I paid myself $100. For every 20 gigs, which took me a roughly about almost two months, uh, no, wait, yeah, every 10, yeah, uh, every 20 gigs, a couple months, I would try to go buy a house with $2,000 down. I got denied at banks. You don't have a job. What's a DJ? Now banks are throwing money at me. Now I had to be creative. I had to find someone that was willing to carry back the loan, or I had to use private money which is borrowed from maybe a relative or another investor 
or you might have to joint with someone like I'm the I'm the labor or you're the labor and someone else is the money. I have done all of those transactions. That's why it's a heresy that they're so scared. There's no reason why you can't do it. You have to address why aren't you pulling the trigger? Who could go along with you? There's not enough pain. You're too comfortable at your day job. I had no choice. I I had nothing. So I had to do something. Mhm. Mhm. So someone who's never owned a rental. Right. What is what is step 1? Like like if they were to pull the car over to the side of the road right now and start taking notes because we sure don't want them okay. doing that while they're driving. And and sure. and note number okay. 1 was this is what I can do tomorrow or what I can do tonight when I get home from work. What would that thing be? Well, Okay, well, first of all, I would Google up as much as I can about real estate investing and try to have a filter and, and try to weed out the people that are trying to sell me something. Number two, I would get a library card for free and go buy, I mean, go rent uh, real estate-friendly books. I would spend as much time as I could reading and knowing as much as I can, watching as many YouTube videos as I can. And some of that stuff on the Internet is legitimate. Some of it is trying to sell you something. But get as reversed as as much as you can then i would try to get accountability partner people ask me how did i I just recently lost weight how do i do it well you get a real estate accountability partner hey let's do this together then you start looking at houses and understanding them and understanding what's a deal how do i analyze a deal after you got to that far then you should probably start working on your finances or do all this together how can I, who do I know that has money? When I started um, as a promoter, I would, you know, rent out a, a roller rink back then in 1992 when I was doing parties. It was $200 to rent a roller rink. And I was like, do I have 10 friends that would loan me $20 if this party doesn't go well? And I never looked back. And so I think, I think that same way today in real estate, you know, now they're just bigger zeros or bigger things, but do I know enough people that could loan me $10,000 if I say I was upside down in a property? Or could I leverage money out of my 401k or leverage money out of my equity in my house and get a HELOC? Now, I'm throwing all this massive information, but the point is read and get to know as much as you can. The rule is the more you know, the more you make. If, and you'll feel a lot more comfortable when you have this knowledge behind you, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they have. I think that's the number one thing. The second thing is, is like you got to tell yourself in the mirror, you are a real estate investor, and you you're capable of doing this. If Stephen Van Count, if Vena Vena Cox Jones, it can do it. You can do it. Okay. And there's so many people way before that. There's books I love to read today are from the 80s. There's so many wonderful real estate books that are out of print that you can buy on Amazon for $4 that have so many amazing transactions in there, creative ways of down money. Uh, it just blows my mind that I, I'm, I'm at where I'm at, and I'm not even doing creative financing. Like, that's my goal for 2017 is like, okay, how many deals can I do without using a bank at all? Like, most of my success is I mastered bank funding. But I don't now. I'm like I, I know a guy you should have on your radio and Thomas Morgan. He has zero bank funding, 
24 houses in Chattanooga, and he's crushing it all creatively. And he's 33 years old. I mean, the guy puts me to shame. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will definitely check him out. Now, listen, uh, Stephen, we need to take a quick break. Uh, when okay. we come back, we're going to continue this discussion about how somebody who has never bought a rental property but gets it and understands that they need to can go about uh, at least getting that process started this week. Listeners who have questions can call 877-772-9658. Again, 877-772-9658. You can also send uh email to askvina at gmail.com. That's A-S-K-V like in Victor, E-N-A at gmail.com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Stephen Van Cowenberg, and we're talking about how to get out there and buy a rental. And, um, We've already talked about why you need to do that. And one of the things that I think we 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 didn't put enough emphasis on, Stephen, is that however old you are, the earlier you buy the rental, the sooner it's paid off and really provides you with a bunch of passive income. Yes. And I think that you should I think a lot of people will just analyze, you know, analysis paralysis. I think they just need to do something, like join a RIA group. You know, people buy books and they leave them on shelves or they buy courses and they don't do them. Like, really create a sense of urgency to do something every day. I, I mean, I tell friends that, you know, everybody wants to be in real estate right now. And then just, you know, the, the success to be where you're at is a little bit every day. It, it doesn't happen overnight. you got to look at 100 houses. How long will it take to look at 100 houses? To, you know, an average here in Oklahoma City, i got to put in 12 legitimate lower-priced offers to pop a deal, about 12, if I'm actively pursuing specific areas. But do something. you got to make a step forward every day. Spend 10 minutes a day reading a book or spend 10 minutes a day looking at houses on Craigslist or the MLS or Facebook, the marketplace, go to classes. I mean, do something every day. And if you just, you know, Anthony Robbins blew my mind. He wanted to be a speaker, and he was so far behind. He was like in his 30s when he wanted to be a speaker. So what he did was he spoke three times a day for a year and that gained him 30 years experience. And so if you want to accelerate your real estate growth, you got to put the time in. That's the question when people ask, hey, can you mentor me? Can you help me? I'm like, well, how much time can you commit to it? If you could just make a decision today to say, hey, I'm going to commit to 30 minutes a, a day to real estate, your financial freedom is, is not far off. But you. But the problem is, yeah, I want to do it, and they order the course online, and they never do it. You have to commit to it, make the decision, and just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's great advice to do a little bit of something every day because I think a lot of people – I mean, you mentioned all the education, and yes, education is so important, but so many people just stop there. You know, they have they have all this education. If you if you quizzed them, 
<laughs> you know, if you had to, if you if they had to pass a test about how real estate investing worked, they could totally pass that test because they have so much education. But the the action part is missing, and it is uh, absolutely true in my experience that even though it might seem like half an hour a day is not enough to do anything, it at least reminds you that you're being a real estate investor, right? You're, you at least have that like forward momentum yep. going. And I don't, so many of my mentoring students, unless they are poked, you know, by like an accountability partner, like you mentioned earlier, unless they are poked about it, they seem to have this fantasy that someday their schedule is just going to clear up and they're going to have all this time to go do all this stuff that they know they need to do in preparation for just going and doing their first deal. And that time never, ever comes. So better to do half an hour a day, an hour a day, every day, than, than wait until the weekend and try and shove in six hours worth of work and then wait another week before you do anything else again. Because you just, it just, it, it actually, as a practical matter, doesn't work to do that. Right. It's like, you know, everybody wants to be married or majority, majority of people want to be married, whatever, whatever they decide. But your wife or husband or your significant other or your partner, they don't they're not dominoes. They don't just come on the door. You can't order them online. And that significant other comes to your door. They had to go to the club or go to the library or go to the church or wherever. And they had to make an effort. They had to call that person back. That's just like real estate. If you want to be successful in real estate, you got to make a phone call. you got to call someone, call a bank, call a realtor, call a mentor. There's so many, there's so many great mentors. I've so, had so many great people in my life that just were there, like I needed financial advice and they would help me, you know, and I needed rehab advice. Like I helped a young real estate investor yesterday. He's overwhelmed. And I'm like, well, how much did you buy it for? How much are you going to put in it? And I walked the property. I was like, I think you can get it done for that. If you really micromanage the contractor, I think you can get this house rehab for 15 and you'll be this will be a smoking deal. Now, worst case scenario, you might lose another 5, but you're still got a great deal. You bought it right, but he was overwhelmed cuz it needed everything. And I think that if you call another person, there's someone in your market that knows real estate. There's someone Vina, I know you're growing your business, the the awesome Ria that you guys have. I know there's another Ria president that you've spoke with that says hey millennials are hanging out on facebook you should do direct marketing on facebook you didn't you learn that from some other advice you got advice from someone else you don't just wake up i'm the real estate expert no i've just read more books than you i've just spent more time doing things that for that that bring me the things that i want and that's the point it's like you've got to do something and you, there's so many people that are willing to help you. You just have to ask. Mm -hmm. And as we it's were fascinating, as it's we were talking uh, before the show, you you said something that struck me so much that I actually wrote it down to make sure that you said it again to the listeners. And that is that taking taking these actions, even though they seem they seem minor, you know, to, asking a question from somebody who knows more than you seems like a minor thing. Going and seeing a hundred properties, even if you're not intending to make offers on them, just to be in properties seems like, you know, how, how is this doing me any good? But the thing that you said was all of these actions overcome all of that fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, we're all fearful people. I mean, I, I, you know, only way that you can endure fear is with action. You just, you know, it's just inaction. Fear is just inaction. And you have to, I always ask myself, what's the worst thing? I mean, I just bought a commercial building and I'm dying. What's the worst thing that could happen? Let's just say I lose $500,000. Am I dead? Yeah, banks probably won't like me, but can I make it back? It's more. It's all, you know, Henry Ford said, take my billions of dollars away. I can get it all back because I have the mind. He has the knowledge. He knows how to leverage someone else's skill, someone else's, you know, people, you know, I, you know, years ago, right now, the biggest problem question that I get all the time, how do I find deals? I can't find deals. Well, years ago, 10 years ago, I have no money. I can't find money. Well, now there's so much money because the 401k is collapsing and people are running around trying to, loan money i mean it's random i mean it's easy to find money but it sounds easy but you're not there people are not trained for the opportunity you got to be ready and prepared and that's only through knowledge Mm -hmm. you've got to be prepared and if you don't i don't know how to do subject twos like i just did my third subject two which is i think an advanced technique i actually heard that from you 10 years ago vina and i remember a seminar that i went to see you at it's just crazy that i'm on an interview with you but I had to call Thomas Morgan in Chattanooga, who that's all he does is subject twos, and he walked me through all the documents, and I locked up a subject two. I acquired an asset that's worth 120000 and these people walked away with a $98,000 debt service. I gave them $2,000, and I took over their property. And now my payment on that property is $808 with taxes and insurance, and I'm cash flowing about $250 a month. I got that rented out for 1050 Excellent. Excellent. So, and, so- that, and, that, and that was from because someone held my hand. I'm not an expert in subject twos. And, he, that, and I traced him back. I'm like, Thomas, how would you learn this? Where would you learn? Well, I learned this from Augie Bylight from Florida. <laughs> and then he, and I, you call Augie Bylight, and if you go back to the 80s when subject two was really huge, he was trained by this guy, I can't remember his name, out of Florida. You probably know him because you're in that circuit years ago. Well, here's the deal. I, I'm learning and practicing that today by asking a young 33-year-old kid, how do you do it? Can you help me? And I tried to pay him, and he wouldn't let me pay him, so I mailed him an Amazon gift. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so so far here's what we have because we're going we're gonna to have to take another break shortly. And we're gonna after the break, we're gonna get into some uh, more specific stuff about actually picking properties. But up until now, we've talked a lot about like mentally preparing yourself to go do this. So uh, this is these are these are what my notes say. Number one, make sure you got your education, particularly about how to analyze this rental property that you are proposing to buy. Correct. Make sure that you are around people who can answer your questions. You said join a RIA group, and that is something, I, of course, I'm 100% behind that. Um, get an accountability partner. In other words, make, go, go commit to somebody and say, this is what I'm going to have done by then. And, of course, they should be the, doing the same in reverse. <laughs> it shouldn't be a one, this shouldn't be a one-way street. Um, we talked we talked a little bit about some of the things that you can do to line up the money because in you know we talk about we talk about a lot of strategies literally needing no money like in wholesaling other than to market you literally need no money but in the case of owning your rental someone has to finance it 
whether it's a right. bank, whether it's a, uh, you said you're, you're getting into subject two deals now, so that would be sort of the seller financing at private lender. Some somebody's. So you got, you want to get that lined up before you before you like put a number on a piece of paper. And you also said go out and just get into some properties and start looking and seeing what you're seeing in your market. Like what 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 are these what 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 does a house built in 1950 look like in the neighborhood that you like? What problems is it going to have? What are you going to need to fix? Yep. What kind of rent will you get for it? You know, are are there things that you like and dislike about different kinds of houses? So you're taking you're taking I guess I'd call them baby steps, right? You're not no no one has said in this entire show so far just just go out and buy a property and 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 don't don't even worry about it. Just buy one. Who cares what it is? You know, one thing that I would add, last thing, and I know you got to take a break. I would mirror somebody, ride with somebody in the truck, like go with them and just hang out with them. And like I did that when I started, I someone allowed me to let sit with him. He was super large guy. Now he's worth forty million. I just hung out with him, and I go, you know, you got three different real estate signs. Don't you work with the same real estate agent? No. He goes, no, I don't. I keep them all hungry. I don't want them to get lazy. And so that, I learned that that day. Now I don't have one real estate agent. I have 10 real estate agents working for me now. I don't, I don't, I'm not like that. Not, not that I'm not loyal. It's just because you, you, you get dry at certain areas. But I learned all that by just sitting in a car, a truck with a, a real estate investor that was 20, 30 years older than me when I started when I was 25. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we're so going to go. I think you should have a point somebody. We're going to go ahead and take that break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to going to get more into the specifics of types of properties a brand new landlord might be uh, wanting to look at. Uh, do you fix it up yourself, or do you buy a turnkey? We're going to get at all of that sort of stuff. We're also going to answer your questions, listeners, at 877-772-9658 or at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today with Stephen Van Cowenberg about, uh, I'm sorry, it's like a really long, complicated name, and I'm not going to mess it up, having been called Vinny, Vera, Vidi, you know, everything, everything under the sun myself. Um, I should mention that um, you need to, if listeners, you need to, if you're driving in your car and listening to us, you need to pull over and you need to get out your calendar because I'm going to give you a date that you need to save. And that date is November the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th here in Cincinnati uh, is the 2017 OREA National Real Estate Strategies Summit. The reason I mention that is that Stephen is going to be there. He was there as an attendee last year, and he's going to be there as a presenter this year, uh, along with 14 other national experts that we are we are starting to get those really nailed down at this point. Um, I just found out like 20 minutes ago that Alan Cowgill is going to be there to talk about um, his raising private hey. money thing. I know, right? He hasn't been there in years because it's it's like every time we we book the date for the convention, he's already booked someplace else. <laughs> the guy's booked like two years in advance. So 
Um, really, really thrilled to hear that. Robin Thompson's going to be doing an all-day session on the Thursday, and I believe the other all-day session this year is going to be George Antone. That is not confirmed yet. Yes. But it looks like yes. he's going to be. I know. He's great, isn't he? So I, I mean, that his book is amazing, ladies and gentlemen. The Banker's Code, you need to get it. Mm-hmm. And The Wealthy Code. He's got another one now. That's really good. Yeah. I mean, that stuff. And, you know, Alan Alan Cogiel, I bought his course eight years ago in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Never opened it. I just started using it. Yeah. And uh, because I'm trying, I mean, he is late. Folks, you need to, I, I, actually, this will be my third year, Vina, um, as to go. I went two years, friends of mine called me and said, you've got to come to this, you know, you've got to come to the advanced deal session. You got, and it's Bob and man, it's been John Hire. It's been amazing. What you're putting on is what we're trying to duplicate in Oklahoma City. It's incredible. Well, good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's such great value. People have, if you're even thinking about real estate or you've been being a landlord for 30 years, there is something there. And I love that your guys' passion for changing the laws for landlords and uh, I, you know, anyway, I know we're, you're limited on time. So, anyway. <laughs> well, and and the best part is uh, number one, of course, Oria itself is a nonprofit organization, which is is kind of great. But number two, uh, as the months progress here, as we get further into the summer, listeners will be able to get uh, an Oria attendance package right through WMKV, and the money that you you that you would spend to do that goes to public radio. So it's like, I mean, everybody wins, right? The station, cool. The station gets some money to update the headphones, and <laughs> we just yeah. we actually just got new headphones, so I'm actually kind of thrilled about that. Um, but uh, you know, you get education, you get to come network. The you know, Oria gets the support. It's all wonderful stuff. So. Stephen's going to be there for the first time this year as a presenter, so you might want to check that out. Yeah. Again, November 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. Just don't book anything over that. If you're planning on getting married this that weekend, there are other weekends <laughs> to get married, but there are not other weekends to attend. So, Stephen, to, to kind of wrap up this conversation about folks going out and just taking some some action about buying a rental property so that they can get wealthy... Um, what is your feeling about the best way right now to go find that deal? I, I gather you're using real estate agents. Is that probably the easiest thing for people to do? I mean, I know this is cliche, but I mean, relationships have been yielding a lot of deals. Wholesalers, like if you see bandit signs, call them, get on their list, call, uh, and get everyone, you know, let them know that you're interested in real estate you can also always assign the contract to somebody else, meaning you could wholesale that contract. But let the world know that you're interested, that you are a real estate investor. Uh, Facebook has been very popular in finding deals. Of course, Craigslist is a, a, a wonderful source, but it's getting sparse. But wholesalers is where I have been really mining my deals. I have drip campaigns set up where I call them, have lunch with them, visit with them. The local real estate club in your area, we have a couple of them. Every network event, um, we have, there's a breakfasts and lunches, and we try to make them. They're, they're, usually there's deals on the table there. And then I get real estate agents. I work with several of them, and I have them automatically send me emails that 
if it changes at all on the MLS, I'll get a listing, I'll email it to me. But that's kind of my bread and butter of how I'm constantly looking for deals. And and there'll be a, an occasional bird dog. Like today, I got a, actually I got a, a pretty decent lead on a duplex today that they were bankrupt and they need to sell it. And here, you know, they got my number from somebody else. So a bird dog brought me that one and I'll pay that bird dog for a fee if I close it. And mm-hmm. There's so many ways. A, a lot of people think they just need to call one real estate agent and that's going to solve all your program, you know, all your problems. You're going to be million. No, you need to have three to five real estate agents and be respectful with their time and make sure you buy it, try to buy something from them or do something with them. You want to go through wholesalers as soon as possible. I mean, even if they're, I, I even cultivate young wholesalers and see them mature, and I've gotten so many deals because I'm on their mind. I help them. Just like that young kid I went and helped the other day, he is a wholesaler. He's overwhelmed. He bought his, you know, a house. He doesn't know how to rehab it. He got a good deal because he's a wholesaler. And I went over there and said, you know, helped him with the construction now, if he thinks if he has a deal for sale, who he thinks he's going to call first? So you've got to contribute, you got to give, and you got to receive. And then the local real estate clubs, and you know, it's so funny. I another deal I'm working on is a retired landlord. There's like me, you know, I'm aggressive right now. I'm I'm 43. When I get to about 60, I'll probably sell all half of my portfolio probably by owner finance. A, I don't want to pay the taxes on them. I want the installment sale. You can. There's landlords that sell property. I bought a lot of property from other landlords, or that were they are just too busy, they couldn't get it done. And it's just interesting to see. I just recently saw a realtor get a house for another investor. Realtor get a house for an investor. He turned around and sold it to another investor. There was three or four people involved, and so and that's all about networking and relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and 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 if you're a new if you're a new potential landlord, don't sit there and think, well, no one's going to want to talk to me because I'm not really experienced like Stephen is. The thing is, you'd be amazed at how few people do what Stephen does. If you're if you're out there, yeah. you know, hanging out. I think one of the best things you just said, Stephen, was hang out at the local RIA group and talk to the older landlords, and say, mm-hmm. is is there anything that's kind of it's it's a property you own, but it's become kind of a pain in your butt and you need somebody really energetic to deal yeah. with the problems, the tenants. I mean, I, I see a lot of uh, new investors buying properties at our real estate association from older investors who are maybe not, they're going to, they're, maybe they're not going to sell everything, but they want to sell something that, that, you know, they moved across town and now this one's really inconvenient or something. So what is your idea quickly about um, for a brand new first time landlord should they be going out looking for a property that needs a lot of work that they can get real cheap and make some equity, or should they be looking for something that's completely done or something in between? Well, I always went in the beginning cheap and fix it as I went, because just in case I, I couldn't make the mortgage payment, or if something didn't work, I could afford it. Uh, turnkey is always better, obviously, but it's just going to cost you more. So you have to ask, what are you willing to sacrifice? You can you got to work harder to make that lemonade make that lemon make lemonades, or you can buy a turnkey property that it's already cash flowing. But just make sure you ultimately buy it right and you're comfortable with it. You know, today I'll pay a little bit more than properties than I would. I would definitely pay three thousand dollars more for a property today that I don't have to do much work in. And I'm not me. I'm not motivated to do heavy construction anymore because it's just time and money and dealing with three or four, five, six contractors. 
But if you want if you want to earn your stripes, keep it low, keep it cheap, and and try it that way, and make sure that you have enough margin in there. If you need to walk away and sell it to dump it to another investor, make sure there's enough margin in there. Mm-hmm. Last question. So I would. Last, yeah, last I would question. Start, I would start with the cheap. I would start with the cheap one. Okay, the yeah. cheap one that needs work. Okay, so last question: Should the brand new investor plan on managing it himself to get the experience, or plan on hiring a property manager? Well, if he's a doctor, hire a property manager. If he's able to take calls or check emails, then do it yourself. You'll never hire a good property manager if you don't haven't gone down that road yourself. You've got to learn how to interact with the tenant. Now, you can do it one time and pass it over to a property management. But whatever you do, factor in property management fee, even if you're managing yourself. you got to pay yourself 10% to manage that property. Whenever you're ready to check out, say 50, 60, 80 years old, or even 20 years old, you're going to pay someone somewhere to manage your property. Factor that into your cash flow, and then you have the option. But I would take road one, kind of manage it yourself, get to five, get to 10, and then slowly start thinking about property manager. I manage all my property. Well, I manage all my properties now, but I ran 50 units by myself part-time. And you can do it with Google Voice and technology and all that other jazz. But you should at least learn what a lease is, read the lease, meet with the people, do a background check, take their money, and then you're like, I'm done with this. Do it yourself so that you... Do it yourself so that you, yeah. you understand it when you do pass it on to someone else. All right, Stephen, we are out of time. I really appreciate you taking the time today to yeah. uh, be on the radio and share your advice for folks to get out there and just take some action. Go buy a rental yeah. property and then buy another one and buy another one. And before you know it, you'll be like Stephen. You'll have 160 properties <laughs> and passive income and $6 million in equity, and it'll be great. We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.